Well, happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there in our audience this morning. We're so thankful for you. In Ephesians 6, verses 2 and 3, the Bible teaches to honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that you may be well with thee and that thou may also live long on this earth. The fifth commandment that was given by God to Moses and the Israelites, as recorded for us in Exodus 20, says, honor thy father and mother. You know, it must have been important to God in the long ago. It must have been important to God at the time of Jesus and his life here on this earth and when the new covenant had, had came, came into being. And it has to be important for us even today. In general, may we say, mothers are the greatest people in all the world. You know, precious memories or precious memories of our mother inspire and lift us. She taught us about God in this great world. She taught us the meaning of love. She carried us before we were born. She bathed and fed us when we were helpless. She even clothed us when we were naked. She had helped us in our learning to walk our first few steps. She sang like an angel. But what's interesting there is that she has done all for us as her children, which makes her the greatest person in all the world. It was when we were growing up as well that she suffered for us and with us in disappointments, in aches and heartaches. Thus, we are debtors to our mothers. Those of you who have lost your mothers to death. There are all those precious memories that will live on. And those of us who still have our mothers, please let them know how much you, and show them how much you love them. There was great historical men who had proclaimed their appreciation and their dependence upon their mothers. It was Napoleon who once said, let France have her good mothers, and she will have her good sons. It was John Quincy Adams who said, All that I am, my mother made me. Abraham Lincoln once said, All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. 
What about mothers in the 21st century? You know, things have really drastically changed. You know, there, there are so many changes in our world today. You know, in the past, times past, the role of women were primarily homemaking, wasn't it? You always, always heard about grandma and great-grandma. Well, they, they were homemakers. You know, they, a lot of them had farms, and they, they farmed that land that they grew up on. But this role was viewed with respect and appreciation as homemakers. It was not then, and it is not now, a secondary position. And we should not make it that way. The work that is involved in keeping a home is very serious and it is vitally important. Even today, it should not be viewed through a negative viewpoint. You know, it's sad to hear one comment with hesitation. Oh, I'm, I'm just a housewife. No, don't, don't hesitate to say that. You've probably got a, the greatest job, the greatest work that any woman could ever have. It is not the dread and the gloom of life. But during this same period of time, a few years ago, a few women had worked outside the home and usually only then was it necessary to feed and clothe her family. But back in the day, a cigarette commercial stated that you, you've come a long way, baby, right? Well, I don't know if they come the right way. Many changes have taken place in recent years and most have not been changes toward the better good. Equal rights have been demanded and organizations have been formed that, that work toward the complete overthrow of the role of women as taught from God's inspired word. It, it's not our purpose at this time to argue or put forth arguments concerning the rights of all men and women to be treated equally and Fairly, especially in the workplace, when two do the same job, both should be compensated equally accordingly. But yet, as often is the case, when rights are, are demanded, the demands continue until they exceed what is reasonable and what is uh, scriptural boundaries. There's a few years ago, a leading woman's magazine interviewed a large number of today's women and many stated that he did not intend to have children because they didn't want the mess. Really? They didn't want the mess? They didn't want the noise and the trouble that accompanies children? Today's women often have little or no respect for the specific teaching of God concerning the role that Jehovah wants and demands of women. Many women in our world and our culture today are probably more interested in their careers than in making a home. They often find God's guidelines repulsive. And thus they reject the sacred, precious role of God's women. Disrespect for the authority of God is found in this holy word is evident from many perspectives. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you're wrong because you go to work and that you have a career. I'm not saying that. But there are so many magazine and newspaper articles that spread the venom 
of rights and often reject any God-given role of homemaker, mother, and or wife. We can go back and we can find the evil influence of mothers, of the many mothers who are mentioned in the Bible. Several are ungodly, rebellious against the will of God. Some are even more widely known than others, but I want you to notice with me just some of the evil influence of some of these mothers. We think about Eve. You know, the biblical record of Genesis 2 and 3 does not reflect various facts about this first mother. We know Satan came to her in the form of a serpent, tempted her to eat that forbidden fruit, but God had spoken. Eve knew what was acceptable. Eve knew what was unacceptable. And Satan convinced her that she was missing something out by not eating that fruit. She wanted to be supposedly as wise as God. No doubt the fruit of this tree was appealing. That the influence of the one who disobeys God usually is felt in those around them. In each case, we find that her evil ways were felt in the lives of her husband and her children. Adam disobeyed God by eating of that forbidden fruit with her. He was standing right there. Of the children of Adam and Eve, we know that Cain thus killed his brother Abel. And while the Bible does not explicitly declare this fact in the case, in their case, we know of the powerful influence that evil and rebellion has had on others around. I know that this is one name that probably came to your mind before I said Eve, but a lot of times we think of Jezebel, don't we? Jezebel, likely there is not a woman more closely associated with wickedness and evil in her life than this woman. The mere name Jezebel brings to our mind fear, hatred, repulsion, and wickedness. The first biblical record that we have of Jezebel is in 1 Kings 16, verse 31, where she had promoted Baal worship, that she openly had opposed the worship of Almighty God, and she despised the law of God. And in the biblical record, we also learned that she was a, a murderer of prophets of God and other God men, and that this evil woman Jezebel was almost everything that the woman of God should not want to be. She represents ungodliness in every aspect, lying, cheating, idolatry, hypocrisy. She was the epitome of feminine ungodliness. The greatest com competitor to Jezebel would be her own daughter, Athaliah. As is the mother, so is her daughter, Ezekiel 16, 44. No doubt that this child had grown up watching her mother day by day, involved in sinful practices and, and deception. You know, there's not a, a single word in the Bible that suggests that her mother ever did anything godly or righteous. At least I couldn't find anything. Is it any wonder that Jezebel's daughter also would be evil? Evil 
companions or evil associates will bring corruption to us according to Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 15.33. We think about Herodias. Herodias, you know, she was a part of the wicked Herodian family. John the Immerser had declared that it was not lawful for Herodias to be married to her husband. And Herodias had rejected violently to this proclaimer of God's truth. She would have been killed at that moment if possible. But it was at a later time at Herod's birthday gathering that Herodias had her daughter, okay, Salome, dance before the king and his guests. Her dancing pleased him so much that the king had promised her anything that she could ever want. And thus, even up to half of his kingdom. But Salome asked her evil mother what she should ask of the king. And Herodias asked her daughter to ask for the head of John the Immerser. This king, or this mother and this daughter, asked for John the baptizer to be beheaded and that his head would then be placed on the charger and presented before the king. They conspired together against the messenger of God. The Bible declares Herodias as an, an adulteress. It is impossible to be the kind of mother that God desires while living in sin. Children see through the veil of hypocrisy, even if a parent were to plead with them to do one thing, while at the same time, the parent does something different. They can see through that. We have no indication that this mother wanted her daughter to do right. She taught her daughter by her actions to live a wild and wicked life. We should watch every step, our every step in word and attitude for our children. May one day walk just as we have walked. Could it be that maybe you are walking the same way that your mother walked? Or maybe even stepmother, if that's what you had? Athaliah walked in the steps of her mother Jezebel. Salome followed her mother Jezebel. I mean Herodias. If your children follow your example, then they will live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Is that true? Or will they serve Satan? If all children were as your children, would they be righteous or ungodly? If all parents were just as you, what kind of parents would they be? While today we're not plagued with idol worship as in centuries past, we still have men and, and women who worship many gods today. A few of the gods people worship today would include the god of beauty, money, fashion, popularity, pleasure, so forth. 
It is just as destructive to influence our children to worship the God of beauty and fashion and money as it would be to teach them to bow down before a golden idol. Both would be rebellion against God, wouldn't they? Both would cause one to be eternally lost. But on the other hand, let's get away from the evil influences. Let's look at the godly influence of mothers. God did not eliminate the bad or evil actions of many from the biblical record. He wanted those there for us to not repeat history. Although we keep repeating history, don't we? He's provided a record of his, of his servants, whether they were faithful, whether they fell away. How thrilling it is to read of the faithful servants of God who stand as a beacon lights for us as Christians today. And that's even lights for those who are not Christians who happen along to read God's Word. A few of the mothers to be emulated today by God's women would include Hannah, 1 Samuel 1. If we reflected upon the great life and the work of Samuel in saving the entire nation from spiritual decay, we would fail in our assessment if we did not give proper credit to her mother. The mother of Samuel was a special, unique, wonderful lady. It would be well for the world of women to follow her example of righteousness, reflecting back in time, if you will. Where in 1 Samuel 1, Hannah made a fervent request for a son from Jehovah God. You give me a son, I'll give him to you. She made a vow. In verse 11 of 1 Samuel 1, I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. You know, after her son was born, she did not forget her vow to God. How many times have we heard those who have prayed fervently to God that if you just let me get past through this trial, this temptation, through these troubles that are going in, in my life, that I will live righteously and soberly and acceptably before thee. And then God helps them through that trial and that temptation and those troubles. And then they did not follow through with that vow or promise. Hannah did. She carried out her promise faithfully. She prepared Samuel for his life of serving the Lord. And Samuel became a, five, a faithful man of God. He was all that he was largely because of his godly mother. Our world today needs more Samuels. But the simple truth of the matter is we will have more Samuels if we have more Hannahs. Jochebed. 
the mother of Moses, is not widely known for fabulous accomplishment or world-renowned actions. You know, if she had been one of today's mothers, she might have been too busy to be involved in watching after a young one. In fact, as we have heard through the years, she might have been one that was involved in drowning her child. She possibly would be seeking a fulfilled life and a career, thus not taking care of the child. But you see, that wasn't Jochebed. And it is true that the life of Jochebed could, never, could not have served mankind in any better way than to put him in the ark of the bulrushes to be saved from Pharaoh's cold hands of death to be found by Pharaoh's daughter and thus needing a nurse to take care of him and that nurse was Jochebed. She raised her own son in Pharaoh's house, unknowing to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's daughter. Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Zacharias were righteous people. They were walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Luke 1, 6. Elizabeth was righteous before she became a mother. And when their son was born, Elizabeth was determined to obey the angelic announcement that was made some months earlier. Her son, John, grew up under the feet of this godly couple and he became a very powerful man of God largely because of his mother, and his father. We think about Rachel. Her teenage son had resisted the temptations of sin when he was away from the guidance and the love of his, and his mother. She was not there to correct or reprimand him if he chose to do wrong, but she had taught him the way of the Lord sufficiently that he resisted Satan's snare. Noah's wife. Though she remains unnamed, she is an excellent example of a wife and a mother. She raised three sons who undoubtedly were godly too, or they wouldn't have been on that ark, who undoubtedly had found women who were righteous and godly, and thus we're on that ark as well. They were able to remain faithful to God through living in a wicked environment. Wicked enough that God said, I regret that I ever made man. And thus destroyed all except those eight on the ark with a flood. Their neighbors, their companions, their friends were evil and thus died in the flood. 
We think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary possesses the most unique place in the history of all women. The virgin birth of the Son of God will never be duplicated by mankind. But qualities that this young Galilean virgin possessed are, are very worthy for us to notice. She was meek. She was content to be a handmaiden, a slave or a bondservant. She was thankful, Luke 1. She praised and glorified the Lord. She was humble. She did not seek glory. She was willing to give and be spent to the work of the Creator, which was her son. What have we learned from our study this morning? That even though the times are changing, and the changing times seem to be often for evil, don't they? And that may cause many to be eternally lost. And what we may think is not to replace what God has spoken, that the evil influences of parents often cause their children to be destroyed also. We learn that it's right to oppose parents, children, friends, or whomever if they are evil. But children often follow the steps of their parents. You know, we should guard our every action, word, our attitude, and strive to ensure their salvation, even if we don't want salvation for ourselves. We should guard and be on top of every action and word. There will always be consequences to the simple action. Before a child is born, it would be excellent to dedicate or promise that child to the service of God. To have a godly mother and a faithful, righteous grandmother is a treasure and will likely result in their children faithfully serving God as we learned at Timothy because of his mother and grandmother. God has declared his desire and his will for all mothers. You know, there's probably not a word in all the English language that can feel the that can fill the hearts and, and, and fill our souls with emotion than the name Mother. The words of Charles Chumley wrote these excellent thoughts about the blessed name of Mother. The noblest thoughts that my soul can claim, the holiest words my tongue can frame, Unworthy are to praise the name more sacred than all others. An infant, when her love first came, a man, I find it just the same. Reverently, I breathe her name, the blessed name of mother. The worthy woman of Proverbs 31 is to be admired and to be emulated. And the children of this treasure of God shall rise and call her blessed. As one wrote, her love is like an island in life's ocean, vast and wide. A peaceful, quiet shelter from the wind, the rain, and tide. Tis bound on the north by hope, by patience on the west, by tender counsel 
on the south and on the east by rest. Above it like a beacon light shine faith, truth, and prayer. And through the changing scenes of life, I find a haven there. May God bless us to be faithful children of Thee, but as mothers, may You always strive to be the woman, the mother that God would have you to be so that the children will emulate you as well. <coughs> if you're here not a Christian, can we encourage you to become one? Knowing that this world is in need of salvation and of, of a Savior, that Jesus is that Savior, that He's already came to this earth and lived and died and took your place on that cross, do you believe that? Are you willing to make the changes that are necessary in your life called repentance? Are you willing to make that good confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? And then to go down into the waters of baptism to have those sins washed away. To be able to rise with remission of sins. The forgiveness of sins to then to be able to walk in newness of life a child of God a new person a new creature if you're here and already done those things and you've went back into the world of sin repent of that pray that God will forgive you and will pray with you and for you we hope that you make that decision knowing that tomorrow may be too late. Think about the words of this song. There is a fountain free. Won't you come as together we stand and sing?